Hi, welcome to Mystery Flight. This is Ben. And just to introduce this episode, this is sort of episode 1.2, uh, recorded right after Jesse and I went to see Beth Allison Barr and Kristen Kobes Dumay at a book signing. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> Some about making your own beer though that's just fun but it, like i said it's a pain so much work i didn't enjoy it but i did enjoy beth allison bar christine cobez de mez <laughs> i'll raise a glass of that but not to your pronunciation of cobez de May. <sighs> i do that every time and it's yeah how do you think she would feel with our discovery of her fangirling over hnet that that I can't even you, say her you name can't correctly. Say her name. But perhaps the most. Kristen, famous. you're never going to listen to this. Well, you might. If, yeah, maybe. I'm really sorry. I'm just not good with pronouncing names. I've actually, as a teacher of African American history, with knowledge of correct pronunciation, slipped up and said W E B Du Bois. <laughs> He's one of your boys, though. That's he is. Thing. That's right. <laughs> I just think how, I, how are you supposed to pronounce it? Dubois? Bois? As in French for drink? I believe so. I don't know anything about for the French language other than oui chef. No. <laughs> Très bien. Well, wonderful. As an Englishman, your French is very good. Uh, everyone learns French in England. What's that? Everyone learns French in England. Don't you all hate the French, though? Oh, we do, yeah. Well, okay, so let's sidetrack, because that's what we do really well. Why do English hate we, the French? One of my theories is... Centuries I mean, of warfare? Centuries of warfare. You know, we're neighbors, so you hate your neighbors. But also... They, he can't really hate the Canadians. But Americans try. I guess. You know, when, when I would joke to Michiganders that basically Canadian, they would be deeply offended. Well, it's because there's a big difference between Founders uh, and Molson. What do you mean? Canadian beer. Oh, sorry. Michigan yeah, beer. Super slow. That's all right. But like for the French, the French in some ways, we don't like to talk about this, were the last people to invade England a thousand years ago. In 1066, right, it was William the Conqueror who was a Norman who invaded. It's always Norman. To Coman. Yeah. <laughs> Damn Tell it, about Norm. that name. Norm! Norm. <laughs> Where everybody knows your name except for you, Kristen. Sorry. So, what stood out for you in this uh, book signing chat interview? There are a lot of interesting things. Um, it's interesting to hear about their process. There was something that stood out, but now I can't remember it. I think one of the underlying tensions, right, is it was in a room that was really warm to them, and they talked about the spaces where they've belonged, and they've talked about the spaces where they haven't. Mm-hmm. And that seemed kind of important. And learning to laugh at their criticism, at their critics, particularly when their criti- criticisms being launched at them are just, just really stupid or really out there. Yeah, but also through the vehicle of institutional flagships. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christianity yeah. today, right? That was so. I was really curious about that. So yeah, I'm Christi- gonna have to go look up that review. <laughs> I want to know who wrote it. Can you look it up on your phone? Yeah. Because um, Christianity today just. 
self-disclosed a uh, like a Me Too thing from within them. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was their former chief editor who was one of the people who was associated with this, with a few instances of unwanted sexual harassment. Mark Galley. Okay. And there's a good chance, which is sad because he was actually an interesting thinker, but there's a good chance he's the one that wrote that, in which case... There um, are at least three. Okay. I can tell today. you which is a chief editor if you open them. Uh, well, I'm just saying of the... Uh, okay. So... Here we go. Drum roll. Yeah. Come on, 5G. There's, there's no... The Wi-Fi in the beer garden. I can edit in. So Daniel Harrell. That's from 2020. Uh, or maybe that... It could be a... She may sound like the chief editor. Russell Moore. I'm sure that one's enjoyable. Russell Moore famously spoke up about in these books. Okay. Uh, Russell Moore again. No. Is there anything else? Now this is a discussion. Okay. okay. Okay, so that's a podcast. Okay. Did Russell... I, did, I thought Russell Moore was an editor, but I didn't There's think he was... There's a Gospel Coalition review, but I think that's... That's Kevin DeYoung, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So those are the only three that really... Should, the alpha male style in American evangelicalism. Mm. Well, right, well, okay. we just need to find so the one the that weird, talks about oh, his, the ex-girlfriend. his girlfriend, right? Yeah. So that, dear listener, is the sound of a classic car pulling out of the brewery. Yep, this is it, my high school girlfriend. Oh, I didn't... So maybe he's a uh, book review editor. Because he's... I'm not familiar with him being chief editor ever. I could be wrong, though. It says... I Daniel Harrell is. is editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. Oh. At the bottom of the article. The current editor-in-chief? At, well, at What's the bottom this? of the article, the article was published in 2020. I didn't think... So the current editor-in-chief has been like rebuilding the whole institution because of these like uh, sexual harassment cases that were kind of... But they've been self-disclosing and self-reporting on it. Okay. And they've actually done a good job of like calling in experts and of um, like... They would provide no editorial oversight over the articles that their own journalists were publishing about. Like they, they created some good institutional distance where they were like, our healing is through telling the truth and getting to the reality of what happened, not covering up. Even where we failed and even where people try to cover stuff up, we got to out that as well. Yeah. And so that's good. Yeah. Not that it just fixes everything, but it's a good step. So anyway. But they, they brought up a lot about some of the, the different, the, the weird, I mean, it was them digesting in many ways the, the reception, right? Where they talked about how they've been embraced and they talked about how they've been criticized mm-hmm. and, you know, it was in a warm room to them. So I didn't feel like there was anything new and incisive, but it's other than the fact that, like, their reception tells you a lot about the culture that we're in, right? You could almost write a, book that studied the reception history of yeah. these two, you know, yeah. is, is, is a touch point in our cultural moment. You know? That's an interesting idea. Maybe you should do that. That's an interesting idea. It could be a new listserv at HNET. They would love that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, you know, something that popped out to me, and I kind of gave you a look. And it wasn't a, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to infer a, a, a look of personal culpability. But when they said that, um, mm. you know, they, they weren't free to be themselves in their places of worship. Big deal. I think that's a huge question that we're... All right, 14, we got you guys inside. All right, pause it. Take cool. a break. Check, check. We are back. So yeah, I noticed you look at me after they talked about belonging and um, and maybe this is a good way that we confuse the Willie Jennings themes with the um, making a biblical womanhood themes. Yeah. But no, I really, it was, that was a big standout for me as she was saying it too. And uh, I thought of you in that moment and some of the other discussions we've had. Because um, it's a big freaking deal. Yeah. Like... How do we build a church? Like, I feel like we have a church of tolerance right now. In the best not, case scenario. Best case tolerance. And often tolerance is like the thing we aim for. But like what we need is a church that's rooted in belonging. And that's like a different order. You know, that's a whole different register, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm curious your thoughts around that. Well, unfortunately, we have... Um We've inherited a tradition with a lot of rules about belonging. We're eating food, so. It's a good sandwich. Yeah. This is the low-key informal podcast episode follow-up for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't exist. Um, yeah, so it's about... there's. There are individuals, institutions, and structures in place that grant access to belonging uh-huh. within the context that we're talking about, right? So there is a... We, we, we talk about tolerance, we talk about inclusivity, we talk about all of these different things, but we don't, I think, fully wrestle with the mechanisms of entrenchment involved in those institutional... Yeah. You know, um, checkpoints. Because they exist for a certain, to make possible a certain kind of belonging. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they gatekeep belonging. What do, you, what do you think, what is belonging? Like, what is at the center of belonging? And we, in other circles, we talked about invitation, we've talked about some different themes. I think a... Um, what is at the center of belonging? I think at the center of belonging is an incarnational lived experience of um, commonality, of understanding our community, our basic community, our basic oneness. There is a basic oneness to humanity, you know, and I think belonging taps into that the sense of like, I belong to this, you know, there's, there's all of these other checkpoints that, that shape what is allowable in society or different structures or those mm-hmm. kind of things. But beyond all of that, underneath all of that, actually, I should say, there's a commonality 
And I think that belonging is when we truly tap into that and you feel a sense of, to quote John Lennon, I am you as you are me and we are all together, right? Interesting. I love how you said that and then bit your sandwich, kind of like. There's a mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a sandwich bite. Or it, it could be a bell moment. <clears throat> I mean, that's how I. It's just kind of so how that's I feel a vision, about it. That's a vision of belonging that's rooted in common humanity. Um, that's one way to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking just specifically about belonging, but there's. Mm-hmm. Well, spiritual yeah. belonging mm-hmm. that is I believe that kind of supersedes the, the carnal humanity mm-hmm. you know it's not so much a humanist yeah. type of perspective it's a more transcendental spiritual mm-hmm. the mingling of our souls rather than the mm-hmm. You know, like the, a, the similarity, like a panentheist structure, belonging almost, right? Like a participation in a shared nature. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um. Participation in a shared being. Mm-hmm. Yes. What religion is that? Isn't there like a Eastern religion rooted in that? Christianity? <laughs> well, that's going to sound awful on the audio. You're a genius, Drapes. Um, yeah. Christianity? Yeah. That'll do. Um, interesting. I mean, Jesus' prayer to the Father. Mm-hmm. Like them one as you and I are one. Mm-hmm. Right, and he says that right after he talks about abiding in him. Mm-hmm. Same discourse. Yeah. And like John 17 is like a big freaking deal. Because it, there he kind of lays open the metaphysics of the Trinity. That invites not just as disciples present there, but then all of creation after them into that same relational dynamic, you know? That's just a huge freaking deal, that through him we get access to the love that holds the whole cosmos together one way or another, you know? As Paul Tillich would say, the ground of well-being. Oh no! Are we gonna veer off into? No. Okay. I should do that one time. Okay. It's literally like one of his major books. Mm-hmm. That's like a vision of what it, what divinity is, right? The ground of all being. Mm-hmm. It's the like ontolo- ontological term and all the other stuff. Anyway. It's, yeah. It's interesting stuff to ponder because. These questions are clearly so much bigger than us, but we have to be able to manifest them in really local ways. Mm-hmm. And so we can't zoom out to the such that we can kind of 
shake off the burden of what it means to be human to one another and love one another, you know? Mm-hmm. But press into the reality of what is and totality such that it's true where we are, right? Like the Jesus' prayer in John 17 is true in our local church. Right? That's a big deal. I'm sort of in some ways looking forward to our potential down the road episode on liberation theology because I think it will clue us into like a theology from below. Mm-hmm. Just from the ground up rather than from the top down. I think will help us with some of these dynamics, you know. I think that's so important. Yeah. Because um, I just see a lot of the biblical narrative or the biblical revelation of God's truth as coming from the ground up. Uh-huh. Not all of it, right? So Old Testament, you got like the priestly tradition, the Deuteronomy. So those are mm-hmm. more institutional top-down type of things. But So is some. But, um, but a lo- yeah. You still have the disciples. Who's he picking? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a tax collector. He's not necessarily coming from the margins, but... He is in some circles. And that's right. He's the center of some spaces and he's on the margins of others, right? Right. Yeah, right. That's very good. Because it's not always about money. Mm-hmm. So to create a, a space that's... And that's the genius of Jesus' 12 disciples is it's a space that creates room so that people who would normally be in the margins, you know, there'd be one another's marginal figures if they're in the same room together typically, actually are both brought into the center around Jesus. That's a really, really damn radical vision, mm-hmm. particularly in the light of John 17, where it's like, okay, we can't other each other in this space. And it's not just that, like, we need to tolerate one another, but we need to center one another, because that's what it means to belong, right? It's to be centered in a space somehow. Mm -hmm. That's just a damn big challenge, and it's a big deal. And it's not something you can... You can't pretend at that. People can tell really quickly if you're pretending at something like that. Yeah. I think that's one of the things, not to uh, toot our own place of worship, but I think... Toot, toot! (laughs) One of, uh, what, what, one of, I think one of the major things, the reasons that I enjoy the fellowship that we share in our church is that there is a bit of that going on, right? So I am very different than a couple of our friends, leaders of the church. Very different. Like we would not vote the same. We would not have conversations about the same things. We just operate in different orbits. Mm -hmm. But when we come together, there's a shared oneness there. That belonging that we're talking about. Yeah. That for all of the, you know, brokenness and scars that make up every place of worship, really. Yeah. We've managed to kind of remain centered on. Yeah, yeah. To a degree. Not everybody, right? Some people just pull off and leave because they can't figure it out, but... I think there's a core of us in there that really have managed to 
to keep that together. Yeah. Jesse's about to take a bite of a really good sandwich. So, hold the phone. Um, oh my God. Good? Yeah. Listener, I went full hog on that. He committed. Massive bite. Much better than the... It paid off, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. You're like, I wish I would have cut my sandwich. (laughs) Not at all. I'm glad you experienced it. I think it's a big deal. Um, And I think that was an interesting dynamic for me as well. At the uh, meeting. Because there was a sense in which um, Bar and Dumay are both very different people. And they said that. And their books are very different. But there was a real collegiality that underwrote the whole thing. Yeah. Where they were able to belong to one another and support one another and their projects. And probably unlock one another's projects in different ways too. Oh, yeah. But that was really cool to see. I didn't anticipate that. So it was Dumay who uh, interviewed Barr. But they talked back and forth a lot. And, you know. And they, they just seemed kind of honest and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was refreshing to be invited into that space to see, okay, like, this is some of their interplay here. Like, they both stumbled into things they didn't anticipate would kind of blow up in good ways and, you don't know, in some negative energy in the blowing up too. But um, they're kind of living in the aftershock of that and trying to figure out how to continue to do their work together in that. So it's really interesting. You yeah, know, I think that solidarity is so important, though, because, I mean, let's be frank. Between the two of them, they like hit up every major institution within evangelical American Christianity. <laughs> yeah, and challenged the the, the pillars, you know. Mm-hmm. Of Just the laid it down. Yeah, and uh, I, I actually am very grateful that they have each other to support each other in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels sort of biblical in the sense of. Not to have a relationship, but for two women who are in some ways on the margins themselves to be voices kind of crying out, calling the institutions to into radical truth, you know. Yeah. Damn. Well, there very much is a uh, crying out in the wilderness, make straight the ways of the Lord vibe for both of what they're doing, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, they are coming forward and saying, hey, it's time to get it together, clean it up. Yeah. You're losing, you're losing the, you're losing the point. We took a simultaneous bite then, dear listener. I think Jesse's very much enjoying his sandwich though, so. There's a really big bite, sorry. Well, We've not given you more insights, but something important's happening in this space. And um, there's a lot of deconstruction right now. Uh, and one of the other topics was hope that came up. Mm-hmm. And they weren't hurry, hurrying to jump on the hope bandwagon and say, hey, because we've done this work, you know, the church is going to be okay. They're not interested in saying things in a way that will preserve institutions right they're willing to kind of place their bet more on the true reality of Jesus to hold all of his creation together 
I think it's a wise bet. Yeah. And so um, that was sobering but encouraging too because I think so often like the argument against deconstructing or the pushback is like, hey, where are you placing your hope at? And I think they're doing a move that is both like staying present within the church but really rooting their hope back in something that is well beyond the institutions that are being deconstructed right now. Because a lot of like what passes for theological deconstruction is really institutional deconstruction, right? Or well, cultural really deconstruction. Big, that's a really big hot button issue itself right now, right? Yeah. It's just that phrase, deconstruction. Well, yeah, even that, right? And you know, so, if you're a conservative leaning with your faith or your theology, you bristle at that immediately. Yeah. Trigger warning. Yeah. Oh, just wait till we get to liberation theology. <laughs> but um, our hope isn't in whether we can perform in such a way to maintain our institutions. Our hope is in radically following the one who we believe called us to him in the first place. Right. So. You got a lot of work to do. Our hope is built on nothing less. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all right. No, it's... Just tease it up, those Sunday morning hymns. Boom. Boom. Well, much love, everyone. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah. I want to eat chips, and that's not going to come across very well, so... I don't think we care. We just wanted to debrief. Yeah. Share it. We'll see how it goes from there. Maybe no one will ever listen to this. That'd be awesome. And that's okay. Yeah, it's all right. This is is just an exercise in working it out. Two dudes working it out. Is that our tagline? That's the unofficial one, isn't it? I don't think we landed on a tagline yet. We have a few of them. It is, after all, a mystery flight. It is. Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. If you even exist. Please. Love. Take